welcome to Season 1, Episode 20 of Four Seasons in a Funeral, the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and a Cats 2019 fifth season. Today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 20 of Fringe, There's More Than One of Everything. My name is Charlie, and joining me today are David and Nick. Hello, I'm David. And hi, I'm Nick. So, uh, first things first, uh, this is the second time I'm saying this because we had to do a retake, but you might notice a <laughs> notable jump in audio quality from Charlie and I, and that's because we shelled out some money and got uh, proper microphones. It's mainly because I was just, you know, styling on them with how great my mic was for a while there. It's mainly because uh, editing was hell, and <laughs> this will help <laughs> reduce the amount of time I spend editing. It also was hell for David, and I had money that I'm like, I can afford to buy a better mic to make David's life, life less hell. I, I appreciate it quite a bit. I'm All also so upset that this had to take a second take, because I got an audible chuckle out of David for my placeholder line this episode. I mean, Cats 2019. It exists. I only got, I tried to sit down and watch it. I only got like 30 minutes in or 40 minutes in. And when I saw the children's faces on the mice, I I had to stop. I was by (laughs) myself. There was no point in watching that. It was just hurting my soul. Oh, Nick. Oh, no. I was just going to say, nope, nope. I'm so glad that I've seen none of Cats 2019 so far. Um, I will say. A cat is a cat and a dog is a dog. Yeah. Yeah. I will say if it is legal in your area and you are into that sort of thing, do drugs first and then watch Cats. <laughs> it makes it so much better. I really thought drugs. you were going to just recommend watching it, not the drug part. I thought you were going to I was going to be like, I was going to be like, why is it illegal to watch Cats? Listen, you don't know what's been banned so far in like the states. Oh man. Um so for those of you who don't know cats, this is very quick brief aside. Um, there is one cat named Cavity, and he's a magic cat. And he's played by Idris Elba in the movie, and he can teleport, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> no. The way he teleports is he says his name and then disappears. And McCavity! So there's, yeah, there's one scene where he goes, McCavity, and then just disappears. <laughs> and I think that's going to be my ringtone. McCavity! <laughs> oh, I'm happy. He I'm also... Happy. I, uh... My text tone is just the like Windows error sound. Um, oh, he also has a, a magic book that he puts people away in, which is primarily so that all the really big celebrities don't have to be in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Let's move away from an absolute trash piece of media. To... And talk about an amazing musical, Hamilton, yeah. <laughs> which is out on Disney Plus now. Everyone go watch it. It's I was amazing. Gonna, I was going to say one of the better season finales in television. No, every, this is a Hamilton podcast now. <laughs> All right. How well, many times glad, have you guys watched David's Hamilton? going to be talking about Hamilton for an hour. Charlie, what do you want to talk about? Let's <laughs> let's bring up hashtag cancel Hamilton. <laughs> oh, oh, don't talk to me about that. <laughs> All right, then I'm All moving right. on to the TV guide instead. Hey, no, what's what's everyone been up to over the last week? We gotta we gotta continue to do nothing, Nick. I don't know why we keep doing this section every hey, man, week. I, oh, I did no, this time I <laughs> found out nothing. I found out today while perusing Facebook. Um, there is a Monopoly version for my trash small town, which I will not name. <laughs> and really? it's, it's sold out of the local Walmart in hours. <sighs> And they're issuing, they're like ordering 300 more copies. And my sisters and I were like, mom, you have to go buy us these. Like we each want a copy. And she's like, I tried, but they're all sold out and they won't take like reserve orders. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> you have to show up in person and buy it. Oh my gosh. I, I guess that makes sense. Is that Monopoly's gotta be the easiest board game to port over to whatever you want it to be, right? Yeah, but is that is that an official branded Monopoly? Yes, like, it is. Really? Wow. That's yeah. crazy. I did not it's... realize that your your hometown had that much sway. They don't. I don't know how this happened. It's just money. Just yeah. pay the licensing fee. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know they have that world. much money. <laughs> Aren't you glad that's your uh, your property taxes probably went to that? <laughs> or your parents' property oh, taxes? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> went to funding the uh, Monopoly version of your town? <laughs> oh, man. Could have been worse, uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Could it have been? Yeah. Standing by that. Um all right. Um, what's been new with my life? Um, uh, uh, what? How have your mobile gacha games been going, David? Oh, really good. I've been playing. So I play three now because that's how much time I have on my hands. Incredible. So I play Dragalia Lost. I play Ark Knights. And then I play Sino Alice, which is a new one, uh, which is written by Yoko Taro, actually. He, uh, and he's the guy who wrote uh, uh, Nier Automata and that series of games. Um, so you know, Alice has been good. Uh, it's PvP focused, so we've been uh, working as a group to get the uh, Coliseum raid battles uh, going well. So sure. that's literally been like I have nothing. I have I've done I've done nothing exciting. <laughs> I've been nowhere. Life is just a monotony. Well, I, I went camping. I went backcountry camping for the first time you in my fucker. life, which was great. <laughs> uh, it was it was a short hike. It was like a four k hike to the uh, to our campsite from where we. Uh, dropped in but it was a really good time uh and charlie is, has at least seen photos of it uh it was a really really cool place it uh, it looked like a gorgeous area yeah uh 10 out of 10 would suggest also 10 out of 10 we should go there at some point uh it's it's a drive but also there's some really cool beaches that we could hang out at the water is crystal fucking clear our mutual friend would be so angry if we go <laughs> camping like actual camping well, no, only ever taken you guys, them. oh you mean you mean our mutual friend the carpenter Yes, yes, I mean our carpenter. mutual friend, the carpenter. They we're, would be so angry at the fact that we're doing like actual camping. God, yeah, no, we we definitely could. Um, remember, you'd have to carry everything that you wanted on your back, though. Yeah, and David, you don't get to say, "Hey, I'm just gonna sleep on the ground again." I brought a tent. Thank you very much. I was gonna sleep in a tent on the ground. That's very different than what you're what you're implying. Thank you very much. Sure. Uh, I will say the interesting thing was the uh, night while we were sleeping there. So um, they had like wooden platforms that you could put your uh, tent and things on because mm-hmm. it was a very like rocky area. Oh. Um, so there wasn't actually like a space for you to like be able to put down a tent. So you just they made like these wooden platforms. Super super nice. Really great. Um, but overnight, um, we had some animal come and visit us, which was oh. a good time. Uh, and we don't know what animal it was. We're pretty sure it was either a raccoon or a fox or something. Cause we didn't hear much like padding of like paws or things like that on the actual like wooden like platform, but we right. did hear a lot of sniffing. It was like dog <laughs> nose going. And then we heard like oh, the bear jingle that was on, uh, my partner's uh backpack and things because the, as the um animal was just you know mm-hmm. trying to like figure out what was going on inside of there fortunately we put all the food and things uh up in one of the oh, like, okay. bear uh bear hangers mm-hmm. so there was no food for it but it was a good time i that's probably weird, went to sleep after that um that's a weird definition of a good time 
Did your uh, air mattress slowly deflate as you were sleeping on it throughout the night and you woke up on the ground? I brought a sleeping mat because lugging an air mattress to a spot without any form of uh, power would have been an interesting call. (laughs) Fair enough. And the funny thing was the sleeping mat that I brought, David and Charlie, you both know that sleeping mat, uh, was the heaviest thing uh, that that we carried in. That is did that dense. thing did that thing smell at all? It did, did not we, smell. Um, that's a good, we did a good job cleaning it. Then you did do a good job of cleaning it. <laughs> okay, now now that we've firmly established that Nick is by far the most interesting out of the three of us and has a life still. Ooh, this this directly uh, goes against what what has been said about me previously. <laughs> David, I'm like I'm like oh hey Monopoly about my hometown. David's like I play mobile games. Nick's like I went on an adventure in the woods. <laughs> it is very different. But don't worry, I'm just that bland white guy who sometimes goes to concerts. <laughs> We've never said that on the podcast, just in real life to your face. It's very different. We've never said it <laughs> out to the world. Well, David, now it's up to you to decide whether it actually gets said to the world. It's 100% getting said to the world. Bland white dude who just goes to concerts. Okay, TV uh, guide time. The f- TV guide for this episode. Uh, the first season finale includes an appearance by the much-discussed but never-seen Massive Dynamics founder William Bell, played by Leonard Nimoy, way to spoil it, the return of David Robert Jones, and a mysterious vanishing act by Walter, who is now a magician. Yeah, they, they really... The mysterious vanishing act by Walter makes you think at the start of the episode, like, you know, midway through the episode, Walter's going to disappear, instead of, hey, by the way, he left at the end of the last episode. Yeah... It also makes it seem like um, William Bell's involvement is far more important than yeah. uh, than it actually is for the plot of this episode specifically. Yeah, given you know that you you definitely meet William Bell in the first five minutes, right, guys? Oh, yeah, percent. Oh, yeah, it's William Bell is definitely in this episode for longer. It opens than three on minutes. him, and he's just talking about how um, Spock needs to go and save the Romulans. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just Leonard Nimoy staring into a mirror, going, "I have been and will always be." your friend <laughs> just over and over again it's a weird 50 minutes of him rehearsing star trek the movie line it was it was a really weird call but like very very bold um it's gonna be weird for us to talk about for the next 50 minutes but that's why we opened with this long intro uh, <laughs> no instead we open on nina sharp getting rushed into the hospital because she'd been mm-hmm. shot shot uh, at the last episode surprisingly not dead um yeah oh. and they, they open explain- it later why she's not dead yeah but But they like uh, they do a dramatic reveal like they're rushing her it's like oh gsw like yada yada woman bp like all the stats and stuff and then they lift up the the sheet on her which was there for some reason um to very dramatically show the cg arm yes well the arm has like been like busted open as well and it's twitching yeah like something's Yeah. yeah something's been very obviously removed from the arm um but, but it like, just—it looks bad. I—I uh, I don't mind it. Really? I didn't have issues with the uh, the arm. Was it it's, CG? It looked like no, pretty real to me. It it's CG. Um, it's it's much too clean. It's too glossy. Um, like you're right. right. You're right that it is CG, but also I don't mind it because it like looks pretty decent. 
Um, I do like the fact that they have a coax cable that is just sticking out of the arm. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not a coax cable. You don't have. It's got like four prongs on the end, not one big needle in the middle. Yeah, it, it looks like a coax cable though. Yeah, generic cabling, and then <laughs> and then a yeah. lot of cool like this. This is this is a cool, expensive PC because you've got the case like the cable mods. Yeah. Do you think her arm? Do you think her arm uses a risen processor? Um, not at this time. It didn't. Not back then. William Bell made AMD, so <laughs> that's my Sorry, head canon. <laughs> no, they have their own like massive dynamic version of it. Yeah, whatever General Anyhow, Electric is done, just take that uh, and use it. <laughs> uh, after we see uh, Nina getting rushed into the hospital, we go to the FBI where they're obviously all kind of running around. Um, and Nina's like, or not Nina? Olivia's like, I heard about Nina Sharp. Mm-hmm. like do we know who shot her like why isn't this all over the news and bros is like they said that their ceo was shot their stock's gonna take a hit so this is all hush hush for now yeah surprisingly people don't like it when uh like investors don't like it when um high-ranking members of the company that they're invested in just get like murdered or CEO talk about is... 69 days after 420 shout out to <laughs> elon musk coo is chief operating officer right i th- think um, so CEO yes ceo is or coo cheap yeah coo yes operating yeah yeah right For um operations. yeah don't bring up elon don't don't <laughs> we don't need to get into that can of worms right. oh well, anyhow you guys don't want to talk about the twitter scams no <laughs> anyways uh they have security footage of nina's apartment building which we saw at the end of the last episode and it shows the guys in mass they shoot the doorman and then replace him and then a dude with bandages on his face uh walks into an elevator yeah, it's really weird that they got the Invisible Man in for this episode. Yeah, it, it's basically <laughs> just the bandages from Invisible Man. Uh, well, this is all actually part of that weird um, cinematic universe that never took off. That's what apparently that's... it's coming back. I guess. Really? Yeah, oh we'll gosh. talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but you see Nina get shot, and then they take out the camera, but they manage to pick up a voice of someone saying, "Oh, we can do it here." And they run it through voice recognition. And they, it's uh, David they Robert it through, Jones. They which, run it through specifically uh, VOX underscore CMPT, CMPD.exe, uh, curly bracket ABS, curly bracket. Uh, uh, that's so not that's... even the most egregious thing in my mind, is all I'm going to say. Um, I, I would like to point out um, that the little thing that's going underneath says voxel analysis. Do either of you guys know what a voxel is? They're pixels, kind of. They are volumetric pixels. They are three-dimensional pixels. Yeah, and it's a Vox comparison. .exe. Yes. So they convert the waveforms into voxels and then into the voxels. With a flag for absolute value. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, that's what it is. (laughs) So then it becomes scalar again. It's it's so upsetting. All of the the computer here is great. And then also, if you look at the background, uh, you can tell that this is just a generic, uh, this is just a, like a generic like music editing software. So you got things like nudge, music note in the top of it and things like that. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a Winamp skin. Uh, skin. It might. Oh, it probably is just a Winamp skin. <laughs> it is. It's really good. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I mean, what? This was, this 2009, Winamp is still supported. Yeah. It hasn't hit that dark day in like 2017. <laughs> Oh. oh man but yes david robert jones is back and he <laughs> and is, he's behind this he is less faced than ever looking super great um 
you know, he's just trying to hide all of this like really I like, cool plastic surgery that he's had. Yeah, I like that. That was uh, whose suggestion was that? That he's just he tried to change his face, so that's why he's wearing bandages. I believe that uh, was Broyles. Yeah, <laughs> Broyles' immediate thought is he did face off. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that this is Broyles' twins uh, thing, which is <laughs> he's always encountered it, and that's the first thought process he has. <laughs> like, oh, this is obviously someone who's had extensive plastic surgery. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, but if David Robert Jones works for William Bell, then why did Bell have Nina Sharp shot if Nina's mm-hmm. his number two? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Unless, of course, Nina Bell went rogue. And then they don't ever bring it up. And then (laughs) Olivia goes on this huge rant where she's like, I don't care how powerful William Bell is. I don't care about his connections. No one's above the law. And with due respect, I will pursue this outside of your recommendations. And Bros is like, Dunham, shut the fuck up. I'm supporting you on this. Just goddamn, give me a second. Yeah, Broyles finally, finally brings up the like, goddamn it, please let me finish let me my sentence. Finish a sentence. <laughs> He's like, I came in here to start making phone calls to get that interview. I would also request that you stop cutting me off God every time it. I'm about to tell you you struck oil. <laughs> and she's uh, like. So then- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she has a weird like smile laugh about it that I thought was interesting. Well, it's it's like the 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 full turning point of the Broyles Olivia arc. It like comes all the way to here. To be honest, yeah, I don't know. Olivia was a little smug about it. I don't know, especially yeah. after the beatdown she gave she gave uh, Walter last episode. She's kind of eating up my uh, goodwill. <laughs> You're less okay with her right now. Yeah, she was so mean to Walter, and now she's just like going on a tirade on Broyles. She doesn't even apologize. She just kind of goes. She kind of just smiles and goes, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> About the situation. <laughs> um, Anyways, we then we then cut away to the uh, to the Bishop Lab, where you know just normal things are happening. It's it's a, a normal you know Tuesday, right? <laughs> well, the the troubling thing is at the Bishop Lab, there's only one bishop. Yeah, um, and not the not the cool bishop. <laughs> Uh, we only have Peter coming into the lab and being like, hey, hey, Astrid, uh, how's how's Walter doing up at the lab? He didn't come home last night. I'm guessing he slept here. Uh, and Astrid's like, oh, yeah, no, definitely. You know, he's over there with Jean sleeping in the... Wait, what? <laughs> That's not what she says. <laughs> no, uh, Walter is missing. Uh... Sorry, I just want to uh... back up a sec. If Walter is the cool bishop, then what is Peter? The less cool bishop. Or is it the cool bishop and then the cooler bishop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you decide. <laughs> I well, I do like I do like where Olivia shows up and is like, "Where's Walter?" and he's like, "Oh, wouldn't you like to know?" After what he described as the assault in the pastry shop. I wrote that down. <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a good description. <laughs> Peter has a weird line, though, where he's just like, listen, I understand why you did that. And I'm sure he does, too. <laughs> I'm just like, that's that's so don't let her off easy when it comes to that. Yeah. She does properly apologize and say that she went too far, which yep. is where I, my which are, which is where I went. OK, Olivia's better now. Like, yeah, yes, because as we all know, you should be apologizing to Peter and not Walter on this one. Well, and I mean- Walter won't remember it. <laughs> I feel like she would be apologizing to Walter if they could find him. Yeah. So then they, oh, I do also really love how they're like, oh yeah, no, sometimes Walter goes and like helps clean the tanks in the uh, marine bio department all night. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. 
Yeah, it, it like just little things like this where they're like, oh, maybe he's sleeping in Marine Bio, likes to clean out the tanks. Oh, maybe he fell inside the cafeteria. They like him there and they'll let him sleep there. Or maybe he just wanted to pine a rocky road. You're like, he really is just a sweet old man who did some crazy, horrific war crimes in his past. <laughs> who very much enjoys LSD. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we get, we'll get into that later. <laughs> but no, perhaps a little bit too mundane. Walter is in a graveyard. Yeah. Uh, properly social distance, d- distancing with his uh, companion there, the observer, as well. <laughs> yeah. Standing like it, six feet apart. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, this is your observer sighting for the episode. Is like half the episode. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is definitely not the only time that we get to meet the observer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then Nina Sharp wakes up coming out of surgery and her hand's all wonky. Mm-hmm. It be doing weird things. And Broyles makes a witty comment as she wakes up after being shot. <laughs> Listen, they have a weird dynamic. It's a very, very strange that's the, dynamic. That's the only joke you can make to someone that you've banged in the past. Yes, they're totally fucking. <laughs> Broyles makes a great comment. It's just like, oh, not everyone has Kevlar in their ribs. And it's just like, wait, why does she have Kevlar in her ribs? Listen, that was some pretty intense cancer that she fought. It's she that or she was like casings. It's that or she was like one day I'll get shot and this Kevlar ribcage I have will save me. I'm just I mean, imagining William Bell being like, listen. If you're the public face of the most powerful organization in the history of the planet, I would probably want Kevlar sewn into my bones. Listen, that's not going to help you. Is the important thing to recognize so <laughs> Or like titanium in my bones, something to so make me a little bit more you. resilient to it's assassinations. Not help you. you need to you need to absorb the shock before it hits the brittle thing that's going to explode. What about mithril? <laughs> or adamantium? I don't know, David, you're going to have to introduce those into D&D before I can talk about how good or bad they are. Mithril's already in D and D, isn't it? Yeah, is I know. But, and so is adamantium. Those are both exist in D and D. I know, but you haven't introduced them to our party yet. <laughs> no, you don't deserve them. <laughs> Actually, no. We have one mithril thing. Uh, but anyways, and, beside the point. Anyhow, uh, while Olivia shows up at the hospital and she can't talk because there's a whole bunch of uh, massive dynamic specialists that are hooking Nina up to, um, they're trying to repair her arm. I think. Um, yeah, and then we cut in between that to Jones and his men just casually walking out into the middle of the street, mm-hmm. setting up like surveying equipment. I do enjoy just that nobody is giving a shit at them, and it's in New York City, which makes sense. I also, mean, oh, I really love the ad in the background for this. Oh. What is the ad in the background? Um, I'm pretty sure it's a knockoff Coors Light ad, um, but it's just re re refrescant. Um, it's just got mountains. <laughs> oh no that that is an actual Coors Light ad. Oh yeah, it is a Coors Light ad. <gasps> that there is a Coors Light can in the background of that ad. It just says refrescant. What? <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm trying to uh, refrescanate. Oh, oh, that's rough. <laughs> 2009 marketing. What were you doing? <laughs> yeah, but it, Jones's men are just falling under the look confident and carry a clipboard avenue of social engineering, which you can do whatever you want. Oh, did I think we missed a point where Nina was talking to Broyles about information, right? No, it's intercut with them setting up the survey oh, okay. equipment. Okay. And then Nina is like, William Bell isn't like, he's not a terrorist. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and Olivia's like, I will determine that. Thank you very much. Surprisingly, you don't get to tell me that. Yeah. Well, then she goes on and on about how they knew exactly who David Robert Jones was and that he used to work for them. And I'm like, why haven't you told the FBI this already? Yeah. Why is this is the first I, time they're hearing I that this nationally, internationally wanted bioterrorist was like your first employee. And I really like, love how she's like, well, it was an internal ma- matter. And we're like, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> I, I just I just love to say like. She's like, oh, he was one of our first employees. And Olivia's like, excuse me? And Nina's like, details aren't important. And I'm like, yes, they are. Couldn't you share this when he escaped? Surprisingly, you don't get to decide that. (laughs) And it was like, oh, he got let go because he was crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which happens a lot with Massive Dynamic. Yeah, and it's like, oh, William was like a dad to him. And Jones is apparently doing this to earn William Bell's, like, respect, I guess. And attention or something. Yeah, because, what is it? Jones always thought he was special, uh, but Bell didn't think that way as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, misplaced father figure shit that happens right here. So Jones is trying to do this to get the attention to actually talk to to William Bell. Mm -hmm. But what we Um, then learn is he's stolen a very powerful power source. Uh, which, as Nina points out, has the normal massive dynamic slogan attached to it, which isn't what does it do, but what can't it do? Yeah. But also, also Nina's like, yeah, Jones has been calling our offices trying to get a meeting with William, and he's been Why getting. Why haven't you shared it, it, this information? It's been, it's been getting increasingly like troublesome. Like he's been getting more and more frantic on these calls. And Olivia's like, you've been in contact with a known international felon, and Nina's like, oh, it's an internal matter. Well, I, I was really hoping that Nina was going to be like, I'm glad that you've realized that we were that we've been in contact with Dave Robert Jones. <laughs> Just completely pull a broils on the situation. Ah, uh, you found out that we've been in contact with David Robert Jones. But no, uh, there was a minor thing I noticed as well when they were setting up the machine. Um, What's that? Uh, so they put the, I think Nina explains of, that they stole like some sort of battery or power cell from her arm. It's yeah. supposed to be very powerful. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene of them like obviously putting what that's supposed to be into the machine. And it looks like there's like a red liquid or like a dried blood on it as well, which I thought was a nice touch. That is a good touch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, also, we also find out that um, William Bell has only been talking to Nina electronically. He yes. hasn't, like, they haven't seen each other in person for a very long time. But Nina does promise, hey, if you stop Jones from doing his crazy shit, I will advance the plot and give you a meeting with William Bell. Yeah, she, she pulls some real fantasy bullshit here. <laughs> Seems like something I would do as a DM. Yeah, some real fucking bullshit. It's like, oh yeah, that's how it works when you're talking with the police department. I'll organize this meeting for you after you stop this person. <laughs> yeah, so they... They put the power source in, and you see also Jones's face is like, it's real Ooh, gross. It'd be melting. Uh, yep. He's got it definitely like, looks like his flesh is melting off of him. He also like sprayed mustard all over his face. Yeah, mustard. <laughs> he's got like <laughs> yellow just, pustules. Yeah, he's got some mustard and ketchup. He was eating a real messy hot dog. I mean, when in when I mean, in it New is York. New York. Is that Chicago? No, Chicago pizza. Chicago also has pretty fucking messy hot dogs. I know, but New York Street hot dogs, it's ruining the joke. I'm sorry. I've ruined the joke. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, they put the power source in and he starts like tilting the screen. 
and you're like nothing's really happening people are getting a noise that you're blasting this high pitch frequency yeah, they're, they're probably thinking, "God damn, why are the police using one of those?" Do you guys remember those like high, like those like noise cannons? Yeah, they were oh yeah, and how those just disappeared. <laughs> I don't think people would think they're police. I would assume that they're like construction workers or surveyors with the yeah. style of equipment they have. That's fair. But then, hey, um, some funky shit starts happening, and like there's a shimmer in the world, there's and. A like yeah, job. like a heat wave on a hot yeah. day. Um, and you oh, see wow. a truck driving towards them. And the guy's like, oh, the coordinates are separating. We can't hold it open. We're going to lose it. And this truck drives through and then gets sawed, like just gets cut in half. Mm-hmm. And it's like coming towards them at like quite quite a fast rate. But Jones is like, I'm a bad guy. I don't need to get worried. And it stops two feet in front of them. And Jones. Jones is like, these are the wrong coordinates. We need to go elsewhere. It's too I just thick don't know here. What his plan was for if it did work, and then a truck <laughs> barrel threw at yeah. them. <laughs> like <laughs> William Bell, I'm trying to breach universes, but it's too dummy thick, and the ass claps keep attracting the walls of reality. <laughs> uh. Instead, we get this yeah half sawed off truck. That I, I guess he's too cool to you know move away from. Uh, I mean, it is a very cool line where he's like, "It's too thick here," and then takes off his glasses and like he's got one milky eye, and he's just like, "Try again, please." In that yes. wonderful, wonderful voice, really uh, channeling his uh, inner supervillain. Yes. Yeah, and then we get not even uh, outer supervillain at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, to which we then get the uh, the uh, cold open, uh, which once again, surprisingly, we've strayed away from woman screaming. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been a also people screaming it. in this one. Twelve and a half minutes into a forty-seven minute episode, it's quite a long ways for the cold open. Listen, we've had ones that were two minutes in, and we've had ones that were fifteen. It, fringe is crazy in when they do their cold opens. This is this is true. None of it makes sense to me. I don't understand when they did their cold opens for the actual like TV, like when this ran on TV. Because like presumably that means that the first twelve minutes uh, were just fringe, and then you had cold open, and then you went to, to uh... uh season finale. Fox would have had this was a popular show. Fox would have had ad space at a premium. Um, yeah, you could have very easily gotten away with twelve minutes of solid TV. And then cold open, and then like four full minutes of commercials. Yeah, because yeah, with this only being this is also a slightly shorter episode of forty-seven minutes compared to the normal fifty. Yeah, so like there's a full thirteen minutes of commercial breaks in this. Yeah, they were long commercials. Yeah, um, um, but after our four-minute commercial break, uh, <laughs> we cut back to a lovely beach. Uh, it looks beautiful out there, and you can tell that everyone is social distancing because they're alone on this beach in, <laughs> on a bright sunny day. Even if this is fall, which we're assuming it probably is. Um, you would expect to see someone else on this beach. Yeah. But don't worry. Uh, there, there, we've, we've got a, we've finally seen Walter for the first time, which also 12 and a half minutes in, it's a impressively late Walter timing. Well, um, no, we saw him. Uh, we saw him at the graveyard. Yeah, that's fair. Never mind. When yeah, do you, what are you, like, what are you watching? I'm watching an entirely different episode from you guys. We know that there's more <laughs> than one of everything. I'm just watching a different episode. So like, like when, 
like in terms of calendar year when is this are we in like june are we in september like like episode episode wise or in terms of the actual like time that this came out no 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 like episode wise this came in out universe in May. Wise. universe so i'm just going off of like the like rainy gray day like i'm assuming that this is uh like fall so september like yes okay which ha <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all i wanted it for thanks yeah (laughs) um anyway anyways observer Observer and walter on a beach they come up to a house um the observer is like do you remember this does this house is this familiar and the house is like all boarded up and it's kind of it looks like it's been abandoned for a while and walter's like yeah i remember it the observer's like do you remember what you have to find um but walter can't he's like well you have to remember I can't tell you what you need to do. You don't have a lot of time. I've, I think he's like, I've interfered as much as I can. Well, he mentions that there's more than one of everything um, in this scene. Yeah. Uh, and then and that gives, oops, wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and then gives, he gives Walter a coin, right? Or does Walter have that on him? Nope. He no, gives, he gives him the coin. He gives Walter yeah. a coin. Um, a, a very cool, like silver dollar coin, uh, which yeah. I like stopped and looked at for a little while. Cause I have this, I have this American silver dollar coin, um, and I was trying to see if it's the same one. It's unfortunately not. Uh, Mine, the reason I got it is because it's a hilarious American dollar coin, because it's this giant eagle landing on the moon. Um, (laughs) You know, like how it actually happened. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, And this one is sadly not that. Um, (laughs) As we all know, that is the space race, the eagle beating the bear with a fez on a unicycle to the moon. Yes, it was just, that was what the space race was. It was a literal race between a bear and an eagle. And surprisingly, the bear couldn't fly. Well, I mean, the bear got higher first. The eagle just landed on them first. Fair. The bear had literally done everything. (laughs) The bear had done everything everything. else. But land on the moon. (laughs) But hey, don't worry, that eagle won the race. (laughs) The and then eagle the... landed on the moon and declared the space race over and that they had won. <laughs> <laughs> and then there, yeah. the bear had some nukes and gave those nukes to its friend who had a big cigar. And there are some issues. <laughs> There's some weirdness <laughs> happening on that front, but don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I found it. I'm going to have to... Uh, don't, don't worry, guys. You're going to see this coin that I'm talking about. All right. But so... Um... Walter decides to go start looking. Uh, we cut back to uh, the lab where Nina and Broyles are there to look very suspicious and ask suspicious questions. <laughs> also, like Astrid is like mixing something because mm-hmm. she's got a beaker on like a mixer and she's dropping something into it. What experiments is Astrid running by herself? The cool Probably ones. just making coffee or something. Yeah, this is, oh my this is God, how Walter that is, coffee made. That is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. I legitimately, I legitimately, I saw that coin and was like, I need to own that. What would the Canadian equivalent of that be? Just a, a moose arm out in space or something <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> the Canada arm? <laughs> we don't need to celebrate the Canada arm. It's just there. It's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> it is called the Canada arm. So yeah. <laughs> But yes, this is this is my favorite American one dollar coin. <laughs> I will tweet that at some point. <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, it also has the original motto of the United States on it. Which is much better than in God We Trust. Like even just evaluating those, 
objectively, e pluribus, e pluribus unum, meaning out of out of many, one, is oh. such a better oh. slogan. That also that is, so is really good, good for the uh, the because they're supposed to be United States. So yeah, for many, yeah, that's really good. That's, that's way. That's really good. America, go back to that. Also, <laughs> yeah, be they're, united. they're gonna listen to us. <laughs> also, be united, <laughs> guys. We've done it. We've solved all of America's problems. <laughs> Us three Canadians doing a podcast have done it. Yes, we did it. All right, guys, back to the episode, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Nina and Broyles are doing totally not suspicious things and asking totally not suspicious questions to Astrid. Um, but don't worry, it's fine. And Peter, as we all know, does not realize that these are not suspicious questions and just asks a regular, normal question about everything. <laughs> while, while crossing his arms and looking stern. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they essentially figure out that they need to find Walter, that he's uh, very important to everything going on. And uh, Nina and Broyles then both initiate their own versions of searches, where Nina's is far cooler than Broyles' is. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't Bros like, I want every agent on this, check this. And Nina's like, yes, every single security camera we've ever stolen, we've ever sold, uh, get the footage from those. Well, just from the phone call as well, Nina is far cooler because Bros goes and be like, it's Broyles. And Nina just goes, it's me. (laughs) Yep. They all know. (laughs) Just from the phone call, it's already Nina is way cooler. Can we talk about Nina's future phone very quickly? Let me me find Nina's future phone. It's, I didn't realize she had a future phone. It's glass. It looks like a piece of glass. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yes. Send me a link. I need to see this. Oh, Charlie, you got me, this? Yeah, I gotta... Let me get my snipping tool up. But, alright, and while, while we're doing that, I'll just move on. Um, we have finally now also had um, Olivia and Charlie called to the scene of, weirdly, a truck that's been cut in half and yep. was possibly on fire for a little while. Don't worry about it. Um, and Charlie being very, very confused. Like, why? Why is this what we're dealing with this week? <laughs> God damn it. I was <laughs> done with this weird shit. Can we just have a regular serial killer for once, please? <laughs> no, because the last time they had a quote-unquote regular serial killer, he was still doing weird shit. Nope. No, the last time they had a serial killer was a uh, uh, little boy, right? Little boy? Little I'm boy sorry. empath. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have used observer child, I oh, used yes, observer yes, yes. child but you know, little boy empath. Jesus, <laughs> but that's what he was. Sounds a little bit suspicious. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, but but uh, so they're looking around at the at the shredded in half uh, truck. Also, and Charlie uh, rightfully asks where the other half of it is. Yeah, as well. And also, they do the worst interviewing of witnesses possible. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Because <laughs> um, for eyewitness accounts, you're not supposed to put ideas in their head. And they're asking, it's like, oh, you said you saw a man. It's like, yeah, I couldn't get a look at his face. He was wearing a mask. And Olivia's like, are you sure it wasn't bandages? And the oh, like, <laughs> I wrote that down too. It was and the such a leading like, yes, question. <laughs> the woman's like, yes, actually, you're right. It was bandages. I am 100% certain of this now, now that a person in authority has suggested that it was bandages. <laughs> yep that, that is exactly how you should be doing all eyewitness accounts ever i'm like um, i've seen too many recent netflix documentaries on wrongfully convicted people to think that this is okay yeah it's not okay <laughs> uh but yeah uh, a bunch of people saw jones and they're like i don't know what the fuck happened 
I'm not a fringe yeah. person, Olivia Dunham. Um, <laughs> though we do then also get the uh, the truck being them being told, yeah, um, couldn't figure out anything about the driver. Um, the the VIN number for this truck it doesn't exist. Um, which I found a little bit confusing because I would assume that you know the the other universe would be using VIN numbers similar to us, so that you know they'd be like, yeah, this VIN number's for like a truck out in like you know Wyoming or uh... something. <laughs> I mean, it could just be a random thing of, like, they wouldn't have to be that similar, or they, it would just have to be slightly different for not to match at all, right? Yeah. Um, but this, this does get, it, it gets explained later in kind of like a satisfactory, at least like in a, in a hand wavy way, there is an explanation later and it makes sense. Um, <laughs> for this, we are reacting they, to the episodes. Yeah. Uh, we also cut back to the lab and they show uh, Walter... <laughs> Um, Walter getting off of a train in, in like Grafton or Northeast. I don't know. Some weird place in New England. This is where it's revealed that Nina and Massive Dynamic have access to the contents of every camera they've ever manufactured. Also, which is all fucking, kinds of not okay. Also, all the like incredible fucking neural networks because to be able to do a facial recognition match on the photo that they use there, which is like a black and white like dot image yep yep and they're like, okay. that's walter and i'm looking i'm like is that walter not yeah they, okay. they, i imagine like it was probably a good resolution image and then <clears throat> um they printed it they went to print it and they're like shit all we have is walter's old dot matrix printer that is running out of toner <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually in 4k but that's all the printer could get out <laughs> What, what we didn't see was that this image would have crashed every phone except for Nina's future phone. <laughs> Which, honestly, it looks like they just pulled a piece of resin, sanded it down, and went, this is a phone. Yes. I bet, that's, I bet there's an actual phone that looks like that somewhere. Maybe, but uh, we'll see. But So uh, Peter then brings up, oh, he's in this area. Like, oh, I think I understand why he's there. We have a summer home, home that we still own. That he uh, really liked, uh, that we used to go to all the time. So he's probably going there. And like uh, Nina and Brawls are like, "Oh, okay. Should we go send someone?" And Peter's just like, "Actually, I think I'll just go and get him <laughs> if that's okay." And Brawls is like, "Yeah, sure." And Nina's kind of looking at him like, "Well, why is this okay? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, when did this become the norm? We just uh, I, I just brought out all of my man manpower to like find him, and now we're just gonna send this guy to go." and that's why it happens is because nina flexed in front of broils so broils <laughs> needs to flex in front of nina also peter picks up a fully inflated football in this uh, like old summer home are there people yep. currently living in the summer home doesn't seem like it because there's a duff dust covered photo of uh them. no it's a massive dynamic uh never de-inflating football obviously no. what, what we didn't realize is that walter is actually a really big football fan so he came back and went oh i gotta inflate the pigskin uh <laughs> like this is what? this totally looks like a house that like someone was moving out of and the fringe crew was like can we film here for like a week <laughs> and just I mean, leave went, all your stuff yeah. here we need to make it look abandoned mm-hmm because um, there's like a perfectly good fridge that is like pristine on the inside, just open. Yep. And I'm like, no way, it's been like that for years. That fridge uh, is too new. I do really like how we get um, like the, the dusty photograph that Peter then like dusts off. Um, he only dusts off enough for you to actually be able to like make out a young Walter and a very young mm -hmm. Peter. 
um, and you can and not see their mother, yeah, and not his see mom, because <laughs> they didn't have the casting down yet. <laughs> um, so they have a, a little bit of conversation where Walter is going all kinds of uh, manic and crazy and uh, desperately trying to find something that he can't remember what he's looking for. Which is classic first, like, six episodes of Walter. Yeah. yeah. John Noble is acting the shit out of it as well. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> fidgeting with the coin, and it's like, I'm looking for something, and Peter, or Walt, or, yeah, Peter's like, well, what are you looking for? And he's like, that's just it, son, I can't remember. It's and it's awesome. like, hey, imagine living your whole life, like, you walked into a room and forgot why you walked into that room. That yeah. appears to be what Walter's life has been like for the past 20 years. It's yep. incredibly rough. Um, we also, I think we missed a point where they were having another conversation or Olivia was talking to Nina about um, where William Bell was, right? I think that's no, the next we... Oh, is that the next scene? Yes. What is that note from? Oh, sorry. I have a note that's from earlier when they're discussing the truck and how they couldn't find the driver. And I just think that Charlie should have just started looking for twins at that point. <laughs> what we, what you didn't know is that there was, a, there was an identical twin that we've hidden since birth so that there was no <laughs> record of him. Um, yeah, because um, yeah, Nina... The- yeah, because I think after they do like... Yeah, we sorry. We cut and Charlie's like, so you're saying William Bell is in another universe. <laughs> well, yeah, because they start talking to Nita about it. Yeah, no, that's how and, that's how the scene opens. Oh, yeah. is it? Well, yeah. No, they definitely. There's no, definitely no, no. a conversation then. No, where, this um, is the conversation. This because Nina's in the room, and it opens with Charlie being like, "So you're saying William Bell's in another universe?" And then they do the full explanation of no, "Deja Vu" is a, a glimpse into an alternate universe. There's definitely a scene before this where it's Olivia, Nina, and Broyles, and they're discussing it. And Nina's like, what, tell me you couldn't figure it out or something? Yes. Okay. Nina and Bros so are just, being real just, smug just, about just the whole thing. Just point it out there. Those are two different scenes. The first scene about is um, Olivia yeah. is uh, Nina explaining that you can't contact him because he's not just out of country. He's out of world. Uh, and then we cut away to David Robert Jones yeah. uh, arriving at this happy, nice little uh, soccer game. Um, and then we cut back. <laughs> That is what's happening here. Yeah, and then we cut back to, to them, yeah, them explaining it to Charlie. Yeah. Yes. To Charlie going, hey, they're in another dimension, which is, I have well, a great note here, which is just, um, well, Charlie specifically words it as, so he's not on Earth or not on this planet. And neither thing goes, well, he's on, she's, he's on this planet, just a different version of it. And I just want them to say, have you ever read a DC comic? <laughs> <laughs> what about Discworld? <laughs> have you watched Doctor Who? Anything? Any sci-fi? People in Fringe just do not seem to be up on their sci-fi tropes at all. Like well, they don't know what's going that, on. They're all yeah. hoping that their sci-fi tropes are wrong. <laughs> that was like, that was the, that was one of the Why nice not? things about Ed and Game is they're doing time travel and it's like so Back to the Future and they're like no 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 Back to the Future got it wrong <laughs> and they're actually dropping like contemporary pop culture time travel yeah. references. Yes. All these shows are like this is the first time hot tub time machine hot tub time machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and they, they do the whole explanation again about the about deja vu. Uh, deja vu and all that jazz and i'm just like come on guys i guess it's 2009 but like you literally did this with star trek the alternate dimension thing like come on <laughs> yeah. do you think that's what gave jj the idea is he was like man people really love this like alternate universe thing when we do that with star trek <laughs> Do Fringe and Star Trek take place in the same universe? Discuss. Obviously. 
Well, I as, mean, we met we, Spock last episode, yeah, so yeah. Like, as we learned, we have we have <laughs> young Spock in the last episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's weird that a guy who looks like Spock will is already old, well before Spock has been born. <laughs> Listen, what we don't know is that that's actually <laughs> the uh, William Bell is actually the progenitor to Spock. Several gen- generations later, but <laughs> on his mother's side. Oh, geez. Oh, God. Yep. It would have to be because his dad's a Vulcan. Yep. Well, we don't know what William Bell is. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so basically, uh, they, give, to... yeah, they give the AU explanations like this is what mm-hmm. Jones is trying to do. That's why the truck doesn't exist. He's trying to breach into the other universe to find William Bell. And yeah, we, we cut back then... to the beach house. The happy. No, we cut back to the happy soccer game. Which is being very happy, and then nothing bad's happening. And, no. oh, look, there's the surveyors again. No, David. That... We go from the explanation of eight alternate mm-hmm. universes with Charlie to the beach house where Walter is tearing the place apart, trying to find whatever it is he's looking for. Yes. Right. Oh, sorry. I was skipping that because we had already talked about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we do get more of Walter going all kinds of crazy, trying to find things. And we but do God get damn, does John nice. Noble act the hell out of the scene. Yeah. And we do also get a great, like, sweet Peter scene of him essentially calming Walter down, mm-hmm. uh, talking more about the past and just the happy parts. Like, we hear just, like, we constantly hear from Peter that his childhood was terrible. Um, and we we get a happy moment, finally, with the pancakes. Um, the Saturday oh, morning yeah. pancakes. The pancakes. Oh, yeah. That was just a punch to the gut. It, yeah. It's Peter being like, oh, you were always working and we'd come up here, but... On on Saturdays, you would come back and I would wake up and I could smell the pancakes and that meant you were home. And you're like, Ugh. why why are you doing this to me? <laughs> but we cut to that happy moment to a much happier moment with some surveyors doing some uh, surveying in a during a soccer game and nothing bad happens and that's all that's it we can move on. Yes. <laughs> uh. And it's it's important well, to realize that they had a samurai sword out and uh, cut the <laughs> cut their ball in half for some reason. It was really weird. Yep, and just the ball, just, just the, ball. the ball. I just I will ball. say we did kind of skip over something in the Walter scene. They talk about pancakes, and Walter's like, "I remember now. I know where it is. What I'm looking for." Yes. All right, that's important. And yes. Then, yeah, and then runs off, and then yeah, we get the uh, samurai guy jumping through a window in an alternate universe and slicing everyone up. Yeah. We can move on. It's a nothing Surpr- scene. Surprisingly, a thousand degree knife with the samurai sword. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, a dude gets cut in half by the dimension portal. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's not really not time. that exciting. It's not a great time. Uh, I really love the idea of, hey guys, welcome to my YouTube channel today. We're gonna be see- we're gonna be cutting this uh, this cantaloupe in half with this dimension portal <laughs> to show you the power of flex tape. I cut this kid in half. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, and then but yeah, we we've go got back- some surprise, surprisingly somber soccer players. I do uh, the one thing that kind of irks me about the soccer players as well. This is really small, <laughs> um, but it's the fact that both teams are wearing pennies because nobody likes wearing a penny. <laughs> Like, literally no one. So there's, there's always one team that doesn't wear pennies. <laughs> That's such a minor complaint. I have been doing intramural soccer for, like, four years now. Trust me. There's a lot of times where neither team brings pennies. I have not once seen both teams wear pennies. Uh, 
Uh, oh, but then we uh, we meet my lo- my favorite longest running fringe character who's around for the rest of the series, Chad the Amp. Oh, <laughs> I was I was very much like, oh no, how's what? Chad gonna die? <laughs> yeah, Olivia goes up and she's like, hey Chad, I know you're on a phone call. Wait, who but- are we talking about? Olivia goes up to like this random guy, <laughs> apparently named Chad, and tells him to uh, see if you can cross-reference any incidences connected to science, biology, or basically find fringe events like the soccer field and like what happened in New York, and then send the files to her office. And he, Chad's like, ah, oh, fuck, not this bitch again. How far back do you want me to go? And she's like, all of them. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh no. Poor Chad. And then we, then we get file montage yes. of people just carting all of these yeah. boxes into her office. As Someone she, like, even wheels in a crazy of... person uh, whiteboard for her. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, then gets a map. Like, somewhere in the middle of this, she's like, I should get a map. Even though I feel like you could have just been like, hey, Nina, can you, like, chart all this for me? Thanks, bye. Yep. And and literally, we do get later, like, hey, by the way, we've already charted all of this. Like, Nina literally says. So, Olivia, you found out about fringe events. Uh. <laughs> it's taken you one whole season to figure out what it took us before the show even started to find out. Um, but yeah, so Olivia starts doing the classic, all right, I'm going to look at all the locations and figure out what the connection is. Um, and it looks like just a bunch of points, um, all of them happening surprisingly around Boston, because Boston is the epicenter of everything, as we know. Uh, uh, she goes to Brawls and is like, hey, I found like a connection. We need to get Nina Sharp on the phone. And it's actually a really well done shot because it like follows her out of her office. And then instead of just like pulling up and stopping uh, when she gets to Broyles, it does like that cool oh, this is intense talking, so I'm going to spin around the two so you feel like action is happening while they're talking. Yes. I don't know. Even I, they're just standing there talking. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I like the cinematography on that show. It was, oh, yeah. That it was, was really, good. It was well done. And then uh, yeah, briefly cut back to the beach house, and hey, Walter's digging through some stuff, and he finds a coin that looks very similar to the coin but, that he's given. Just because there's more always there. more than one thing. <laughs> 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 Frange, there's always more than one thing. <laughs> the question is, is that one Frange or Frange? Uh, can we bring back Frange? I did. I do like Frange. Listen, I'm desperately trying to think of the episode title, so that just might be it. <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's more than one thing. <laughs> there's always more than one thing. <laughs> uh. But yeah, they find um, they find a uh, cooled like looking box that's locked. Um, mm-hmm. And Walter's like, "This is it." Um, and Peter's like, "All right, time to go break this open, I guess." Uh, and just takes it from Walter. Uh, and we cut back to a uh, cool analysis montage with Olivia explaining uh, to Broyles and uh, to Broyles and Mina uh, how all these events are related. Um, and brings in one of the most obvious manners, has all of the events that are supposed to be related to one incident show up first on the screen, and then the others on the next one. Yep. At a time. Um, and basically is like, look, they all point to these points. Yeah, it's Olivia like, needs a lesson on, like, uh, bias and... 
correlation does not mean causation and stuff because she's been going just on wild leaps of logic yes but also also, like again they've been calling it the pattern this whole time like that was the name given to it in the pilot has no one looked into this before uh one of one of my uh yeah one of of my friends who both of you guys know um that aside from the giant like virus um issue that he had the other main big issue that he had was with this of being like yeah no this whole (laughs) big thing that we've had for the entire like you know season um this whole big lead up with the pattern and what's what's the actual pattern a couple circles Hey, look, we finally had an FBI agent who's not trained in any statistical analysis, as far as we know, ran rough statistical analysis on it and found a geological pattern. We never thunk to do- to did that before. <laughs> never thunk to did that? That's the episode title. <laughs> we never thunk to did that. There's always more than one of a th- one thing. <laughs> There's always more than, oh, sorry, one of a thing? Yes, one of a thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah olivia's like see look two epicenters and everything kind of splinters off from those Mm -hmm. Um, i do like how we get splinter instead of bullseyes because you could also do bullseyes with that um yeah can you that's i mean you could could draw like like concentric circles going out from there and be like these are rings yes instead of having those points you could have done bullseyes like i i'm sure that's fair i'm sure it would almost it doesn't fit with the metaphor because it's supposed to be, um, well, we'll talk about it in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we cut back to the beach house and Walter pulls like this Star Trek looking gadget out of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Walter pulls Peter out a phaser. Yeah. <laughs> that or a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> and a great line. Peter's like, what the hell is that? And he's like, oh, when we were younger men, when Belly and I regularly ingested large quantities of LSD. Um, <laughs> we we believe that our hallucinations were actually visions into an alternate universe and so they came up with multiverse theory while tripping yep which the i think is way. how everyone comes up with it yeah it's how yeah. you start believing it basically uh so that that was the Kurtexafan trials is the explanation is um they could only view glimpses while high on drugs but children's minds were limitless, so they could, in theory, give them a drug that would allow them to travel between worlds mm-hmm. safely or regularly without major assistance. So that was the Cortexofan trials. Um, mm-hmm. And the device, I believe, uh, it's a plug. I think yeah. he explains it. Because well, Walter is- says the problem with this is that if we create a portal or we, or we create something that allows us to travel to there to other dimensions, that means things can also travel to our dimension or come back through the portal. And so I invented this plug in order to seal up these uh, the portals or the holes in the different dimension. Yeah. Yes. And he does say he does say he became obsessed with this idea because something precious was taken from him, and he came became obsessed with the idea of going over to that world and getting it back. Mm-hmm. Ooh, foreshadowing. Spooky. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, why is it a vampire? <laughs> why isn't it a vampire? Because you don't know how to do a Transylvanian accent from D&D. Blah. I don't know what you're talking about. My amazing <laughs> Italian vampire. Uh, Italian um, vampires. But um, we cut back. Yeah, and we find out that, hey, crossing over isn't so easy. There's soft spots, like on an imp's head. Cool. Um, 
where um, <laughs> I didn't use that metaphor. <laughs> where Listen, there's soft spots like on an infant's head. If we just punch right through them, <laughs> <laughs> we can get to the brain or the good stuff. <laughs> but, uh, Nita's like um, Bell posited that there are soft spots in the world where the laws of physics are more of suggestions than anything. They're a little bit weaker. So mm-hmm. the natural laws that would prevent you from hopping universes don't apply as much. So it's easier to punch a hole in the fabric of reality and cross over into an alternate universe. Um, and so the points that Olivia has found are probably soft spots. Also, the Bermuda Triangle is apparently a big soft spot. Yes, yes. because every show needs to bring up the Bermuda Triangle. It's important. Yeah. Listen, it's a weird place. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> but um, I kind of like this explanation because they go into sort of like, well, it seems like there have been more and more soft spots occurring. And then they're like, yeah, but that's because of things we are, we've been doing. And like, what have we been doing? Well, the advent of science and every all the technology we've been doing has been weakening the laws of uh, nature and breaking holes or like making more soft spots. Which is I, such I, a I, weird <laughs> bullshit explanation. Yeah, I, it's like, I oh, like yeah, it. To understand science, we're breaking it. <laughs> I like it because it explains why so many of these events are happening in Boston. Because <laughs> it's it basically says, "Hey, weird experiments are easier to do near soft spots, and that causes more soft spots to occur." And so we're doing it all in Boston because that's where the biggest soft spot is. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I guess like weird experiments, but it, she makes it seem like. Oh, hey, just doing like, like trying to observe the fundamental laws causes those laws to break down and not like, oh, yeah, we did like weird living computer shit based off these weakened physics. Like if she was like, oh, well, we found out soft spots and we abused them and that in turn weakened them, I feel like would have been a better explanation there, you know? But Instead of, anyways. oh, we we experimented and it weakened them. Yeah. It should have been like we took advantage of the the decaying like she's like oh the mass of a proton of the weakness to do the experiments yeah Mm -hmm. and that in turn caused them to like we put more stress on it or something like that Mm -hmm. minor nitpick minor nitpick but uh anyways we then cut back to well then royals nina and olivia um start going well what was the oldest incidents and um they all point to raiden lake yes there's As, and I really love how there's like a million points that point towards it. Like the previous yeah, two, there's like a couple. <laughs> weren't on the map before. Yep. And hey, Jones and his crew are there, and we know they're there because the camera pans up and we get a very slick fringe title location. Oh yeah, that word art is back. Yep, yeah. there's the fringe word art that they're so proud of. <laughs> and then they, they got left. their on that word art. I know that one just felt special because you're like well, they're probably at Raiden Lake. And then they pan up and you're like, oh, yeah, they're at Raiden Lake. Um, <laughs> and then, hey, Peter and Walter are also going to Raiden Lake. Isn't it strange? Everyone's converging mm-hmm. on the same point for the finale. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Uh, but we get um, Walter knowing, hey, um, Raiden Lake is where all this like all this bad shit's going to go down. Because that's where I posited. And that's why the boat that like our, our uh, summer house was out in the middle of new york oh yeah (laughs) which i love i like the idea of him being like yeah i'll buy property near here it's probably worth it (laughs) 
Well, I think he I think he did some research and went, cool, I can do more weird research and also give my wife that summer home. <laughs> um and he's, he's also like I don't know wanting that summer home. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh hey, also like I don't know what we have to do here, but like bald guy says we have to, and Peter's like the observer, excuse me, he's involved. <laughs> like, remember the last time that he was involved, it was bad. <laughs> And then, hey, do you remember the first five episodes where they kept dropping, like, super strong hits about Peter's health? Yep. Uh, well, hey, that comes back. Yep. After, what, 15 episodes of them kind of dropping that? <laughs> so weird. Um, and Walter's talking, like, you may not remember, but, like, you were super sick, you were dying. But the one thing that made you happy is you had this coin and you used to do tricks on it. And Peter takes it does the cool like knuckle roll thing Mm -hmm. and goes yep you're right i don't remember any of that and walter's like well i do there's a really kind of nice sort of a father-son moment that is then interrupted by uh police yeah fbi (laughs) dragging them dragging them out of the car and livy's like what are you guys doing here and walter's like we're trying to plug a hole in the universe what are you doing (laughs) and i like olivia's like oh uh same actually (laughs) i i guess we're working together again (laughs) <laughs> and then apparently now opening up the portal displays an eerie blue light uh because that's how they can track down jones is this bright blue white light is shining through the woods listen remember how the alternate universe that we learned from the last episode was eerie blue all the time has and blue ours lighting. Was a much softer yep. like color it's just more of that leaking through yeah <laughs> Um, and I like how they're like trying to go in all stealthy and Charlie's like, okay, random FBI agent who might be Chad. I don't know. I can't get a good look at the actor go. And the guy takes like two steps and one of Jones's men pops out from behind the van and goes, bang, bang, you're dead. Uh, I, I feel like it has to be Chad. Cause what happens normally when we introduce <laughs> a random FBI dude to an episode, they like to like yeah. drop him a liner before murdering him. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, and then during the, the shootout is happening, and Jones is like, keep going, please. Do not stop what you are doing. He's just like cool as a cucumber while the FBI is trying to stop him from tearing a hole in reality. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, but yeah, no, he's he's super calm. Uh, his injuries look slightly worse. Like, they've definitely done a good job of, like, progressing it. Um, yeah. There's, there's a lot more mustard on his face yeah, now. Yeah, he looks grosser. <laughs> Uh, but uh, shootout progresses. Um, they eventually but they're messing around decided, with the machine. Hmm, yeah, there's maybe this... we should uh, maybe we should you know stop the people with the computers because they seem to be doing the things um, and uh, shoot the, <laughs> the, the the guy with a very obvious Dell laptop. Uh, I wonder who sponsored this episode. Who knows? Uh, definitely wouldn't be Dell. Uh, I couldn't Dell you if I tried. <laughs> also, let's let's be real. That would have been an Alienware laptop. That's getting cut. No, don't cut it, please. That's not making it into the episode. I refuse. <laughs> I also Anyways. really like the little pointer coming out of the like device. Um, yeah. It's a little red light just shining towards the now uh, very shimmery uh, other side that we can see, which is a lot grayer. Like, it's almost black and white. Uh, yeah. And so Olivia mm-hmm. can't even stop Computer Guy because she's like, move away. And Jones is like, don't stop. I'll kill you if you stop. Um, and <laughs> hey, look, the, the bridge solidifies and it looks like a 1950s movie. Yes. Uh, and apparently it's pissing down rain on the other side. It really is. Um, and 
Jones is like, okay, bye-bye, Angie Dunham. Uh, I'll see you later. And starts walking, and Olivia shoots him a couple of times. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you see, because I teleported, I'm kind of special now. Your bullets just kind of go through me. Well, he does say he is dying from it as well. Like, it, Yeah. He is gone. But then he, yeah. Is it supposed to be like his molecules are just like still jumpy from the teleportation? And so Probably. stuff can kind of Probably. just pass through. They don't give an ex- explanation, but yeah. Eh. He, he does go, Daddy Bell will now see how special I am. <laughs> yes. Daddy Bell will finally pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> Love me, Daddy Bell. <laughs> uh, and he continues to walk forward and... Uh, Peter goes, all right, I know how to use this device, um, and runs up and waits for the most opportune time. Uh, hey, remember the soccer kid? Yeah. What about if we did that again, but cooler this time? <laughs> how about we get half of David Robert Jones? He has both eyes, which is really cool, because you can tell that they CG'd this where he's looking towards them while they're doing it, because his eyes move to look. Oh, yes. Um, it's a it's a very good effect. I enjoy their cut in half effect. Yes. Um, at which point Peter goes, God damn, I wish I got that on my YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, P Bishop back at it again. <laughs> I just cut this guy in half. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no, oh no. We'll uh, see how long then... it stays up for before it gets demonetized. <laughs> Anyways, we uh <laughs> We we quickly we cut, cut back to um cut Olivia back to the, doing some desk work, cleaning up her crazy person desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Olivia's now done with her manic phase and is back to normal, has yeah. stopped seeing the matrix. Uh and Bish or not Bishop, Royals comes in and is like, <laughs> Hey, Nina is super grateful. Um, but also we've been told by higher ups or it's like we've been told to cease and desist our investigation to William Bell. And Olivia's like, by who? And Burrell's like, the kind of people who you don't ask questions when they tell you to do stuff. Yeah, it's it's very much a, hey, I like my job. Um, I think I, you should like your job, too. I, I <laughs> genuinely think it's more of, I like my life. I like being a living, <laughs> breathing human being. Or I like being not in prison. Yeah. Which is hopefully more likely in this situation. Yeah. And then we get... Fingers crossed. Astrid comes back and she's like, Walter, I bought you Berry Boom. Because I guess he likes that cereal now. Now yes. that you can't get Frankenberries. Upsetting um, as that is. And there's uh, a letter on the table. And it's from Walter. And they're kind of like, oh no, he ran away again. And it's addressed to Peter. Um, but it's a very nice note where Walter's like, oh, I don't want you to worry. I know where I'm going. Don't worry about me. And you're like, oh, he's learning. But also, that is the most formal way ever to tell someone, hey, I ran out to the store, which is essentially what he <laughs> says here. Yeah. Hey, I I did also really enjoy Peter, like, sort of picking up the letter, seeing it's addressed to him, and then taking a step away from Astrid to read it. <laughs> and kind of giving her a side eye as she's kind of trying to look at it. But I do like Astrid's like, should I call the police? And Peter kind of takes a second. And he's like, no, he wrote us a letter this time. And he's like, I think our little boy is growing up. And it's just a nice, nice little thing that totally isn't completely soul crushing and what the fucking on the next scene, um, because Walter's back in that graveyard and he has the coin and he is, he's crying and he puts the coin (sighs) on the gravestone. And David, I want to know what your immediate reaction was when the camera pans out and it's Peter Bishop, 1978 to 1985. Seven year old dead Peter Bishop. (laughs) 
Well, obviously. What was uh, your immediate reaction, Obviously, that means. Yeah, because that—that's my—that was my my immediate read when they're talking about the alternate dimensions and how he lost something. Like, oh my God, Peter obviously died, and the Peter we know is stolen from the other dimension. Oh, that's right? absurd. Like, that's a hundred percent what it is. We'll let you find that out. Uh, but yeah, we—if it's not, I'd be shocked. We get that, um, you know, big, <laughs> big, big sort of drop. Uh, and yeah, no, that's kind of all that we get from from Walter there. Um, yeah, um, we... Olivia leaves her apartment. I don't actually think we see uh, Rachel or Ella. This no, episode. they've they've basically disappeared again. God no, I think they found their own place at this point. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen them for. But a it's kind of like she walks over to her badge and gun, uh, and then gets a phone call, and Nina's like, "Hey, um, I set up a meeting for you with William Bell." It'll be tomorrow. Um, I can't go through normal channels because obviously. <laughs> uh, but here, go keep it private. Go to this address, and um, a car honks and Olivia. Like, there's a little bit of weird traffic because she's like driving in New York. Um, and she goes, and mm-hmm. I think she's getting lunch with. Well, yeah, she was supposed to have lunch with Nina to start, um, and then. Well, I think that's where she was supposed to meet Nina, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, the hotel restaurant. And then we get yeah. her well, Also, she almost gets fully like T-boned by a car earlier. Yeah. It's not just weird traffic. Yeah. Um, which is 100%. What, so my take from that is that that's 100% Olivia in a different dimension died there. Right? W- once again, we'll let you figure this out. I'm so glad that we're right. finally getting this is my cold shot. David, number two, uh, this is where David gets I'm, to start calling shots. Uh, this is, and I, and this is my call we'll shot number three. It's it's just so entertaining because I always forget David hasn't like it's it slips my mind every now and then. David hasn't seen any of season two, so I'm just so the, these I these haven't, live, haven't seen it. these kind of live or at least first time. Like, oh, I think this is going to happen. It that's a super interesting call. Yes. I will say that much. That's a super interesting call. Because um, we just. They made such a big deal about the car accident, and then they don't bring it up later. So I'm like, 100%, that's just seeding something for later. And because it's the dimen- alternate dimensions, and especially last episode where they talk about the deja vu and how different dimensions are just you taking different paths, it's 100% what that was. It was that was the different path where Olivia died. And that's going to, I think that's going to be a plot point later on. Okay. And we, we shall see. We shall see. Um, but Olivia gets stood up on her date with Nina. Um <laughs> Yes. And calls, mm-hmm. and it's like, what the fuck do you mean she's out of the country? Yeah. She should be expecting my call. Kind of gets fed up, and then takes the elevator down, and then, you know, it's a totally normal elevator ride. Yes. Yeah, you got this cool dude behind her who's like, hey, man, I'm just trying to get back to my uh, back to my job. Which, that's a cool-ass office building if you've got a restaurant on one of the floors you can go to for lunch like that. Like, that's a fancy-ass restaurant. Oh, no, I was talking more about the, the trips where... There's blue, there's J.J. Uh, Abrams lens flare, and then people keep popping in and out of the elevator in like yes. three frame briefs. <laughs> Which isn't weird at all when six, yeah. uh, the other, lens flares. six other people join her in the elevator. And then the floor opens and there's and then disappear. Uh, a very attractive secretary <laughs> that was totally picked for her um, kind of business education, I'm sure. Why is this necessary to point out? <laughs> I'm just saying William Bell's probably a pervy old man. Well, we can find that out in a second. Surely uh, he could probably. have built a robot. 
<laughs> as yeah because olivia is um directed to uh an office where she enters and she kind of looks around and then a there's person a, shows up no and there's it's a william news- bell you're missing the newspaper that oh, says yes, there's also the, a newspaper the, the obamas are set to move into the new white house yep yes um i think also i want to say there's something up where like the new york post isn't styled like that or isn't a big newspaper like it was either post mm-hmm. or the times years ago and the times went out i want to oh, say okay. there's something like that that that's another mm-hmm. small difference but yeah then uh then william bell shows up and it's leonard nimoy and you're like oh this is what he's been doing <laughs> i guess this is where he's been <laughs> well aside from star trek well i mean <laughs> since then mm-hmm. um and he's he's like oh i've been waiting so very long to meet you which a little bit creepy <laughs> i like the um olivia goes well who are you and he just kind of goes william bell of course and then rings a bell which is on his desk <laughs> i'm like what a me- who does that well no she's like where am i and who are you and he's like the answer to your first question is quite complicated but the second i am william bell ding, ding. <laughs> and uh-huh. she's just kind of like no but seriously who and where <laughs> Um, she's saying what a, what a cunt and then she looks out the window she looks out a window and we get a pan out of this very tall building that this reference is completely lost to the new generation probably uh i don't know uh, on like on like no on on first glance like a 2000s kid yeah, probably I mean, I guess isn't... most of the newer children don't really see pictures of the buildings in their prime or standing like they were, right? Yeah. yeah. Also, like, goddamn ballsy call, because even though this was 2009, um, I'm assuming that they probably got some backlash for, for putting oh, these in. Yeah, also, sorry, we kind of danced around it. Olivia's in the World Trade Center. Yeah. yeah. yeah she's in the South Building. Uh, uh, apparently, <laughs> yeah. well... It, you can infer from the newspaper article because it says new White House. Uh, 9-11 happened differently in this universe. Yeah. Yep. But crazy. And that's our that's our season finale is boom. Olivia meets William Bell. It's Leonard Nimoy. Also, she's in the World Trade Center. <laughs> Don't worry. That's definitely around. We'll, also, we'll see you in a bit, kiddos. Season also, end. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed the extra islands around New York as yeah. well. I, I don't know. I don't know. The New terrain York well to... of New York was really weird. Yeah, the whole framing of New York. There's a lot of weirdness that's going on there. Is what I'll say. It just looks like some of the like land is underwater. Like it looks like they have a higher sea level as well. Entirely possible. <laughs> oh, now um, you guys can't tell me anything. No, we can't. Uh, the cipher for this episode is grave. Which oh, oh, makes sense. Boy, does that work out? Um, and uh, the observer okay. again. Watch the episode, and you'll see the okay. observer. I'm mentally preparing myself. I'm getting Yo, ready, David. This one is so fine. good. This one is actually this so good. This one's actually decent. By the way, David, you got it wrong uh, from the last episode. Really, Nick yes. and I. Nick explicitly mentioned this I, one. I did explicitly mention this one in the last okay, episode. Okay, what is it? So, um, all right. So remember when Olivia crosses over to the other dimension a couple yes. times? Uh, yeah. And remember when uh, the uh, when the, the city's basically on fire when she goes mm-hmm. over? Um, and yep. you've got these buildings in the background, and then you're looking at the parking garage on the front, and it's also on fire. And remember how I mentioned that there was some like cool graffiti on that building? Oh, you're, you're a dick. What does the graffiti say? 
says he is here. Okay, yeah, I can get behind yeah, that. Right? Like, I mean, like, one. I'm not horrendously angry, <laughs> yeah. which is which is a very high uh, improvement from the last ones. Uh, that is in that episode that they're looking for William Bell during that episode. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Found no, that's what. That's yeah, uh, that is that is the only next episode clue that I saw on my like first review, like when I was rewatching the series with my girlfriend. That I went, hey, that's referring to William Bell. That's gonna come back. That's a that's a neat little thing. That's the only okay. one I noticed. Everything else is bullshit, and I'm glad they <laughs> stopped doing them. <laughs> they are terrible. I hate them with a passion. Right, we still have one more, and I'm very excited for it. Oh, do oh, we really? hey. is there one in this episode? <laughs> there is one in this episode. Oh. And oh boy, it's 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 a stretch, but it's also a big one. I can't even guess at them anymore because I don't know the contents of the next episode. So here's here's a question: Are we going to have David make some guesses about what he thinks the next season, like the big plot lines, are going to be in that now, or is that going to be on the next episode? I guess that'll be bonus episode. We could do that for bonus episode. Yeah, we're already running so long on this episode. <laughs> oh my god! Right, I forgot about this next episode clue. Yeah, no, this one's trash too. This one is trash, but it's a big <laughs> plot line that they're bringing in. Okay, okay. Uh, ratings. What do we think about this episode? 4.75. So, Ooh, you're giving it Ooh. higher than the last one, eh? This is a super good finale. It opens up the Fringe universe, and I mean that in joking form as well, in so many different ways. Um, I'm upset that they kill off David Robert Jones, which is why they lose 0.25 marks. Um <laughs> You finally get explanations a little bit to Cortexafan. You get introduced to William Bell. Um, plot moves ahead in a massive way. Um, this is just a super good episode, and I really enjoy it. And it's one of the better season finales in TV, in my opinion. Fair. Uh, I'm going to have to give it probably a four. I don't think it's quite... like Last episode was like really, really good. Um and this one, this one does its best to like go off of that, and it definitely hits on a lot of the points. But just there's a lot of little things in it um, that annoy me, and also, as I've mentioned before, um, just also coming from my friend, but I sort of share a similar thing yeah. of the whole pattern that they've been talking about for the entire season um, comes up here, and it's basically constellations, is what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's not even constellations. It's it's cracks. It's, it is it, what it's supposed to be. It's, it's supposed a, it's to be supposed here's to a hole. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be here's a hole in reality, and there's spider cracks coming out of it, which is a neat idea. But yeah, when it you build it up for a season when, and then reveal it like up, that, and then you have Nina Sharp, the head of Massive Dynamic, go. We've had a whole team working on this for like years, and no and one couldn't find it. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, ah, yes, but of course, this is what it had to be. And yeah. yes, I understand that they got one more clue being like, hey, let's look from these epicenters, but really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go in the middle of you two and do like a four, like four and a half, four, four point five. Yeah. Because, okay. Yeah, I think at, it's a season finale. So season finales always have to do a lot of legwork to get themselves set up and to make like a satisfying climax to the entire season. Which is why I think this episode is a bit little higher rated than my uh, than episode nineteen because it, it this is a very satisfying end to this first season of Fringe. Like, not only does it close a bunch of uh, plot loops that they've had throughout the entire season, but it also opens up a lot in a 
in a natural way and like a natural stepping stone way that makes sense. Like all the new sort of mysteries they introduced in this episode to lead into season two directly link off of the last episode, which I think yeah. is definitely one of the strong points. Mm-hmm. They they do a nice way of being like, hey, Monster of the Week is kind of done in its current form in that we've explained why all this weird stuff is happening. Um, we close the hole in the universe. So like theoretically, that should be the end of it. But mm-hmm. also like, hey, there's another universe out there. And also Olivia somehow traveled to it like very yeah. easily. So they, they've already nailed uh, traveling between them. So yeah. that's a cool thing. And also like we have a Peter gravestone. That's a big yeah. plot hook. So mm-hmm. um, it's also something they've been foreshadowing for a while as well. Yeah. And you get nice resolution to that because they kind of drop that mid season. And I, I still swear the mm-hmm. air order, the airing order of the episodes is wrong. Or not as intended because Peter's character does so many flip flops. Yeah, Peter's character isn't really uh, consistent throughout. I mean, uh, Joshua Jackson is doing his absolute best acting, or yeah. or doing his best at acting it. So he's yes. he's not the problem. It's definitely the writing there. No, I, like even then, I think the, I think the writing is okay because we had those like, hey, he's flirting with Rachel, and then three episodes happen, nothing, and then hey, yeah. he's flirting with Rachel again. I feel like those were meant to be like back to back episodes. Yeah, because uh, okay, really more from from that because those were both sort yeah. of fillerish episodes as well. Yeah. Like they weren't interconnected of others, so they could have slotted anywhere. Yeah, we we can we can do this on uh, our bonus next episode. Yeah, yes, we will okay. talk about um, the there. Fun facts then. Uh, so uh, Leonard Nimoy talked a lot about how he got the role for Bell. And it essentially boiled down to J.J. Abrams calling him a lot and begging him to appear on the show. <laughs> and Leonard Nimoy going, uh, I like Star Trek. They did a good job on Star Trek. It's basically the same writing staff. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do three episodes. Sign me up for three episodes. Nice. <laughs> you know what, J.J., you gave me that cameo. I guess I'll give you another one. <laughs> basically um the episode reviewed uh really well it got generally positive reviews um lots of people were complimenting the acting especially from john noble and anna torv um i think about like 70 percent of the critics were uh were were like down with the display of the world trade center it was about 30 percent of critics didn't like it interesting okay i can see that yeah well we're saying this from a 2020 perspective so this is what two thousand nine like, as yeah, well. Yeah, we're saying this nineteen years after, almost nineteen years after this happened. We're a couple months mm-hmm. away from that. Um, yeah, and I don't know how many mainstream shows um, talked about yeah. 9-11. Mm-hmm. Eight um, years after, it was still very raw and real yeah. and a present thing. Because um, you're you're still getting like. Even then, you were getting the big, oh, the first responders are getting health issues from this. And that was kind of getting more into the forefront. So I can yeah. understand critics being like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. No, I can definitely see that. And I it's, mean, it, it definitely gives, it's very good symbolism. Uh, yeah. is what the we impact get of it is very heavy because it does literally show, hey, this universe is very different. Yes. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, yeah, like we, we have, we get little bits of that from episode 19, but really by bringing in um, the World Trade Center, we get full, like we, mm-hmm. it, it's very obvious how different these worlds have to be. Yeah. And I, I just imagine the writing staff being in the room being like, okay, we have one pan out shot to demonstrate how different the world is. What do we want to do? Well, we're in New York. Do we want to have 
like the Empire State Building be different? Do we want to have Statue of Liberty be different? And then someone just went, can we have the World Trade Center back? And they went, okay. Yeah. I mean, it completely achieves that goal of showing how different that universe is. So it makes sense. Especially in 2009, you can't think of a better way to go, mm-hmm. hey, this is this is a different world. So yes. that was a very, very good way to end the episode. Mm-hmm. All right. And so last season. fun fact uh, of the season, I would say, is that this episode, Pilot and Bound, were all uh, submitted for consideration for the Outstanding Writing for a Drama Series in the 61st Primetime Emmy. None of them w- received any nominations. So they should have sent in episode 19. um i certainly shouldn't have sent bound (laughs) i I will say going looking at the competition it was like the mad men run yeah we we looked at it last time i think when we were doing bound we looked at it Uh, well there's there's good reason why they didn't win anything here i guess yeah like the pilot in this episode go back and listen to our episode on bound if you want to know our feelings on it it's rough Um, (laughs) but this episode in the pilot fantastic writing uh, John Noble deserves some type of award for acting um, for this show specifically, if not for his other stuff. Um, yes, I, I definitely. I think we can all agree that John Noble is oh, so good in this entire season. Yeah. Yep. It, it was weird because I saw this show first and then I saw Lord of the Rings. So when he uh. he pops up as the steward of Gondor, I'm like, oh, hey, it's Walter. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's still crazy. <laughs> I, I yeah. no, this is this was also my first introduction <laughs> to John Noble, and yep, it's very much left a big imprint of oh man, he's crazy, crazy mad scientist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, All right, I, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. With uh, with that said, uh, thank thank you everyone for listening. Uh, as always, uh, if you like the episode, uh, feel free to give us a like on wherever it was. Um, also, p- please feel free to comment. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what this episode is and uh, get back to you on that uh, and talk more about what's going on. Um, if you're looking for more of these episodes, you can find them on most of the main uh, podcast streaming uh, sites, Apple Podcasts. You can find them on Spotify. Um, you can find them on our home Podbean um, and also through Google on the Google Play Store. Um, yeah. I hope everyone had a good time and we'll see you in the next episode where we're not going into season two quite yet, but instead we are going to be talking about uh, the special features for this episode and do our own special episode. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.